Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Verse 19, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word tonight, and and I do praise you for uh, your blessed Son. that he is worthy of all worship and praise and we're thankful that we can gather here tonight and and, and honor your name uh, following your word Um, lord i ask for the filling of your spirit to minister the word tonight and pray for those in the nursery of the filling of the spirit there god i thank you for each one here tonight i thank you for each one with us online and lord the privilege that we have to have your word and your spirit to help us uh, learn how to live this life, learn the promises that we can claim and and learn from your word the directives that you have for us that we might uh, lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. And and Father, uh, uh, we thank you, we praise you. We thank you for the promise of the coming of Jesus Christ and we look forward, uh, dear God, to that. We thank you for the promise of a home in heaven. Lord, so much that you have done for us and purchased for us through Christ. And I pray you just minister to every heart tonight, edify your church. And, and Father, might we just uh, be lights uh, while we wait for your return. And Lord, we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right, we did get some outlines passed out, so uh, we will uh, see how far we've come here. We've looked at relationships at home, and we saw uh, instructions uh, for wives, and they are to submit, which means to rank under, and so a good phrase for the wife would be, a wife must submit to her husband as Christ submits to the Father. So uh, we see it's not a... It's, it's a submission of rank. It has nothing to do uh, uh, with anything other than that. It's a rank. And then we uh, saw also began uh, last week in uh, instructions for husbands in verse 19. Uh, they are to, to love their wives. And uh, the word for love refers to selfless and sacrificial love. It's supposed to be the love like the love of Christ. And, uh, uh, and so it's supposed to be that that kind of love <clears throat> and uh, we're still on that uh, a little bit here uh, yeah, husbands love your wives and be not bitter against them be not bitter against them it was an interesting study of that word bitter there um, and uh, uh, the word can actually mean to make bitter or to be bitter and uh, uh, in our King James Bible, uh, 
bitter is used at times to speak about a harsh treatment toward another. Uh, if, you're, if you're a bitter person, you treat people harshly or, 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 or roughly. And, uh, and that's uh, the way sometimes that, that, is, that is interpreted. But I was looking at this, and uh, of course, when we use bitter in our language today, uh, we think of a bitter taste, maybe, or we think of a bitter spirit, you know, something inside, just, just feel bitter inside. And uh, it's interesting looking at that. Uh, most commentators that you read uh, will interpret that as husbands be not bitter. They will interpret that as don't be harsh. Don't be, uh, you know, uh, rude. Uh, kind of your actions and your words uh, toward, toward, toward the wife. Jameis Fawcett and Brown, their commentary says, rudeness, harshness towards the wife. Uh, Matthew Henry says, they must not be bitter against them, not use them unkindly with harsh language or severe treatment, uh, but be kind and obliging to them in all things. Uh, uh, I was reading the, through these some different commentaries, and and uh, and D- David Guzik says uh, says that the husband is not to hold a grudge against the wife. Ah, a little different. Uh, not to hold resentment in his heart against his wife. Be forgiving and understanding. Suffer you one another. Uh, I know. I know. Put a note there as I, I thought about his interpretation there. So it's interesting that the word bitter there itself can mean to make bitter or to be bitter. Uh, The words in the Greek are husbands uh, 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 not bitter towards your wives. The husbands be not bitter is, is put in there according to how the, the translators interpret the word. And it's interesting, I was looking it up and doing some study on that word uh, bitter there. And one uh, commentary that I read said that it was in the present passive imperative. Uh, so I began looking to these things, had to go back to my Greek a bit and get in there and study for a while. And uh, uh, present passive imperative of course and passive means uh, the act when, when something is passive you are the receiver of the of the action not the doer of it uh, and so it said it was it was present uh, uh, passive imperative it's a command uh, interesting um, that might seem to go along more with Guzik's interpretation of suffering one another being forgiving, you know, and uh, and that thing, but uh, but the fact is, as I was, as I was looking it up, the ending on that word bitter there uh, actually can be middle or passive, uh, and uh, there are, and there are some that have noted that. Some commentators say it's 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 present passive imperative, but I noticed a few others said it's present middle passive imperative and that's more correct because frankly in Greek the middle and passive uh, for, this, uh, for this situation have the same ending have the same ending so you can't really tell by the word itself whether it's middle or passive there 
and there's not a whole lot around in this in this in this particular verse here uh, to delineate one way or the other. Matter of fact, you'll find, as I mentioned, commentators and interpreters going both ways. One Bible translated, husbands, husbands, be not embittered against your wives, which is, which is kind, of a, kind, of an, kind of an inward thing. But, uh, and even when we think in English, be not bitter. In our, in our English language, that also, that also can be an inside thing, can it? Uh, in, in, the, in the way we use it now. But we think about that. Um, uh, to embitter or, uh, or, 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 to, or, to, or to make bitter. Um, and there's not a whole lot of help around it. Uh, be not bitter against them. I was, studied them and them is in the accusative case and, and that's just because it's an it's a indirect object of the, of, the, of the preposition pros in there. Be not bitter against them. So there's not a whole lot around it to delineate otherwise in, in, in the interpretation. But as I was thinking of this, uh, 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 experientially, and generally you don't want to interpret the Bible experientially, you want to go with what the words say, uh, but there's a little bit here that's vague, even in the Greek, as far as to whether it's an inward, is it an inward bitter feeling. Uh, the middle voice in Greek, uh, it... Uh, the best way to understand the middle voice in Greek is that it doesn't interpret into English. Uh, it's, it's something that, that it just doesn't interpret into English. Uh, the middle voice is the action, it, it's something done for myself. I, I heard the alarm got up and went to the store. Well, who got up? I got up. Well, who got me up? I did. I'm both the receiver and the doer of the action. That's the middle voice. Most of the time, it's just it's just translated into the present active, and uh, but you see how the middle voice "I did it for myself" can can remove the passive idea, if you think about that. So it's a little bit vague there as to what it is. Uh, so in this case, since that verse is that way, it's comforting to know that experientially it doesn't really matter because the fact is if you're bitter inside guess what's coming on the outside you see you don't get bitter on the inside without what speaking bitter words or doing bitter actions or withholding loving words withholding loving actions that, that would be the passive aggressive type person you know uh, so the actions and the actually the, 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 the hurt inside go together and so uh, in practice uh, it, it's good that we husbands be careful and avoid both amen uh, when you start feeling bitter inside your, your wife may say something to you that offends you uh, 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 contention, you know, comes doesn't come but by pride. Uh, you know, they uh, love thy law; nothing shall offend them. So, whenever we get offended, a little, a little, a little fly got to come up and say, "Okay, why am I offended? My pride was offended." Um, and sometimes uh, a wife might say something to the husband, husband to the wife, and it's offended. And we, and spiritually, we catch that. We catch our spirit turning. And we say, wait a minute, I don't want this. 
maybe you know she maybe you know she might have meant that a different way and and uh, or you know or it wasn't a big deal. I'm sure I've I've probably said things to uh, uh, to Lisa that have offended her and she and, and, and she and she thought well you know uh, I've I've said some things that, that that offended him too once in a while so no big deal and just never said anything to me about it and just went on you know I'm sure that that happens just because we initially might feel offended doesn't mean we can't get that right with the Lord you see what I'm saying inside and not make a big deal of it but if it's something that it's just stuck there you know it was said you know uh, five minutes ago and an hour later it's still there it was said yesterday and it's still there the next day that's something that pride or no pride you have to address it because it's bothering you you have to speak about it and, and, and talk about that and get that right uh, you know, with, uh, with your wife. So if we're offended in that way, then you need to talk, we talk to the wife and get, it, and get it settled and work those things out. Uh, but we need to watch our spirits. Uh, Adam Clark uh, gave this interpretation, and he didn't define either way. He just said the word bitter, but, but it's a good, uh, a good interpretation. He says, he, says, he says, be not bitter against them. That's which is exactly what our King James Bible says. Wherever bitterness is, there is love wanting or lacking. And where love is wanting in the married life, there is hell upon earth. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I think that's a pretty good idea of what it's saying. Because wherever there is a bitter spirit allowed to remain, what's going to be lacking? Love. And wherever, wherever bitter actions are, are happening, what's lacking? Love. Love, you see. And, uh, and so practically, uh, we want to what? We want to be careful to avoid both. If we can avoid the bitter spirit, we won't have to worry about the bitter actions. Amen? If we can avoid the bitter spirit, we'll have to worry about the bitter words. Uh, if we can avoid the bitter spirit... We won't have to worry about withholding the loving actions. If we can worry, if we, don't, if we can nip it in the bud, this bitter spirit, we don't have to worry about, you know, withholding loving actions and, and words and such. You see what I'm saying? So best to cover, uh, cover both bases on that one and, uh, and, and, and keep things, uh, keep a sweet spirit. Remember, we saw last, last week that your wife is what? She ought to be your best friend, amen? And uh, she's your what? She's your companion through life. And, uh, and, uh, and she's the one whom, you, who, whom God is making you one with her in this life. I was telling my wife the other night, you know, honey, I understand that the Bible says in heaven they neither marry nor are given in marriage. You know, but this is a special relationship here that we have as husband and wife. And, uh, and, and, I, and I told her, I said, you know, the Bible doesn't say about it. I know we're all going to be changed, I says, but I can't help but think that God made this institution. He makes us one that we're not going to have some kind of closeness, even though we're different, even though we have a, 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 an immortal body now and things aren't the same as in the marriage. I can't help but think we're going to have maybe maybe serve together in some way or, or, or some kind of closeness is going to continue. Uh, I, I can't help but think that. And I, and I told her, I personally hope that. You know, I personally hope. I don't know. The Bible just doesn't tell us. It just says marriage up there. You know, uh, uh, Paul said it, it won't be long. The, 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 those, be, those that have wives be as though they have none. It's going to be different. You know, but, but either way, uh, what? 
uh, in the presence of the Lord is what? Fullness of joy. In thy presence is fullness of joy. Either way, we're going to be happy there. We're going to be fulfilled there. We're going to be serving the Lord there. And uh, we just look at things now maybe with a little different perspective before, before we're glorified. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how that's, that's all going to work out. But uh, husbands loving the wives, being careful to keep a right spirit. And if we do that, then we you know, need, to, need, need to watch. Then we won't have the harsh words and the harsh actions. Uh, and question six in your uh, book asks, does a husband's love for his wife include meeting her spiritual needs? Anybody have an answer for that? Brother Dennis? Definitely. All right. Anybody else? I would say so. Um, when I first read that, it kind of hit me wrong. Uh, meeting your spiritual needs. And uh, don't really like the way it's worded there. Um, Sounds like a born-again Christian wife who is a child of God could go without having her spiritual needs met if her husband is backslidden and decides he doesn't want to follow the Lord. I don't think that's the case. <laughs> I think Jesus is our spiritual need meter. He meets all of our needs. I think a wife can be uh, filled with the Spirit close to the Lord uh, even with a rebellious husband. But, Brother Dennis, as you said, the husband has the what? Opportunity to meet those needs. She's not going to be left out in the dry if the husband's a jerk, okay? Just putting it in plain, in plain, in plain language, all right? God's not going to leave her out in the dry. But we as husbands, what? We have the opportunity to meet those needs, amen? And, and we should. We should realize that. And, uh, and, uh, and be doing all, all that we can do. Uh, Psalm 27.10 When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. <laughs> See, even if mom and dad don't meet your spiritual needs, God will. Uh, God, uh, in Christianity, uh, what, what Christ is all and in all. Amen? And so he, he, is, he is the one. But what a privilege we have. To have what? A part in the edification of our wives. Uh, to show them the love of Christ. Uh, to live so that we can be an example to them. We definitely, and, and as, I was, as I was reading this, I, I, got, I, got a little, I got hard on myself too. And I thought, because the book, the book places it, it says something like, uh, uh, the, is, is, a, is a husband, you know, in, in have to meet his, uh, does a husband love for his wife include meeting her spiritual needs? And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, are you saying if the husband doesn't meet the needs and are not met? To be fair, they never said that in the book, did they? <laughs> they actually never, they, they never said that. So they, they, they didn't say that, you know, you know, Christ could meet them in some other way. They didn't mention that. So I was being a little hard on the authors of the book there with, with my own thinking, just because it kind of hit me wrong there. But, uh, but I believe that, uh, you know, that uh, we have a great opportunity as husbands uh, and, and responsibility to have a part in the spiritual growth of our wife. Christ loved the church and what he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. 
but it should be holy and without blame, you know, without blemish before God. So, so if that's how Christ loved the church, then we as husbands ought to recognize, I need to help my wife grow. And uh, and uh, if your uh, uh, your your wife is spiritual and and I deem the ladies in here are, then you know what our wife also helps us go too, don't 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 they? There's kind of that iron sharpening iron thing, and uh, and I'm thankful for that. But we want to do what we can do, in our part in leading, and uh, and helping uh, our, our our wives to grow. Uh, I am thankful for the sufficiency of the Lord. First John two twenty seven, but the uh, John writes, but the anointing which ye have received of Him, Jesus Christ, and the anointing is the Holy Spirit in the context, uh, abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. Well, that sounds contrary to some other scriptures, don't it? Uh, but, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie and even as it hath taught you ye shall abide in him what, what, what do we learn in that verse there well we know we're given pastors and teachers and such for the perfecting the saints work of the ministry uh, Ephesians 4 what do you mean need not that any man teach you what the Bible is, I believe is saying there is this listen if everybody turned away from God Every preacher turned away from the Bible and said, that's it, I'm not teaching anymore, and you're not a preacher. And you're not a teacher. And you've never been to Bible college. You can pick up your Bible with a seeking heart saying, I want to know, know God, I want to learn about God, I want to have a relationship with God, and God will teach you by His Spirit. He'll teach that seeking heart, won't He? He will teach his Holy Spirit will teach you his word. If every if every teacher gives up on you, God and the Holy Spirit will not. You see, even in that case, what we're not left to the uh, to the mercy of uh, of the teacher. You know, John MacArthur said one time because of his Greek because of his Greek knowledge, he said he said that he said that that's why you need me. He said that he said that that's why you need teachers because you can't know the will of God uh, w w without that expertise. And uh, I think he went a little bit too far there. And uh, no, the Holy Spirit is the teacher. No, you may not know you you uh, you may not know all the nuances of Greek, but I want to tell you this is a translation you can trust right here. And the Holy Spirit will teach you, and uh, and, uh, and and you won't have to, you know, be dependent upon a teacher. Should they all forsake God? Okay. Uh, now, thankfully, uh, they haven't, aren't they? They, they haven't, right? Uh, the Bible, Jesus said, upon this rock I'll build my church, what? And the gates of hell should not prevail against it. So I personally believe that, that uh, the local church, as, as, as long as we're on earth, there's going to be local churches where the truth is honored and taught. And if you're seeking them, you can find them. And, uh, and we can be uh, thankful uh, for that. <clears throat> All righty. <clears throat> And how, how can a husband meet his wife's spiritual needs? Question 7 in the book there. How can a husband meet, it, meet his wife's spiritual needs? Anyone want to share what you have for that? Brother Charlie? Put down a good example to her by being with her Christ is and praying with her. Amen. Very good. Be, be an example, praying with her. And uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, learning... learning uh, how your wife understands things, you know, how, how communicating with one another and uh, learning uh, 
how we can best relate to her, loving her, uh, making decisions and plans together, and uh, uh, you know, sharing those things. There's, there's that thing of, of the friend thing that we talked about. Jesus said, because I'm your friend, I've made known unto you all things, and you know what I'm doing. You know, and, uh, uh, and having that, sharing that life together. We're heirs together of the grace of life, husband and wife are. We only have one, and we're sharing it. Amen. And, uh, and, and God is pointing us in one, in one direction, husband and wife. All right. So um, we see that the husband is to sacrificially love his wife and prevent resentment. That's, that's the, uh, the idea of the inside feeling is where the, is where the teacher's book went uh, with that. But I think it can go... Uh, both directions there and uh, and so we need to be uh, 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 careful about that all right so then we'll get a little bit ways here in this one here uh, a word to children back up there a word to children verse 20 children obey your parents in all things for this is well pleasing unto the Lord obey uh, to listen to hearken to obey, to be obedient, to submit to, to hearken to command. It's the idea of a uh, of a porter just waiting for the knock of the door so he can go answer it, and uh, that's how a child is supposed to be taught to obey. Uh, the major focus in life for a child is to obey the parent. You got that? As far as pleasing the Lord, okay is to obey the parent. So we need to be teaching our children uh, to obey. It says, parents, in all things, in all things, uh, Proverbs 13, 1, a wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. It's interesting that in the last days, you know, uh, the Bible says evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. And it goes on describing some of that. It says what they would be like, Romans 1.30. Uh, the backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things. Here it is. Disobedient to parents. Disobedient to parents. Isn't it sad how little respect, really, I don't have to say to parents, but really it's to, just to any authority that much of the, world, the younger world generation is, is coming up with now. They're not being taught to respect authority. The number one authority in, in, in a child's life, of course, is God. And God's number one instrument in, in their life is their parents. Is their parents. And, uh, and, and, and they are to be, to be respecting uh, that authority. I was talking to a person who uh, was teaching in the, in the public school. And... and uh, one day and uh, not too long ago and uh, they were talking about how it's a shame how kids just listen to their parents and they need to think for themselves and so many of them just go and do what their parents taught them, teach them to do in my mind I didn't address it at the time wasn't the time but I thought interesting and we see that a lot in the world the world trying to move the child out from under the structure that God has put there 
you know, before you try to move, remove a child from the instruction of his parents, may I ask you, where are you moving them to? <laughs> you have something better for them? <laughs> what are their parents teaching them? Amen. Maybe they need to stay right there. Amen. And be faithful. Especially, obviously they do, if they're godly and teaching them the word of God. And uh, uh, they need to do that. Second Timothy three two, men shall love, be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Oh, we see it all over the Old Testament. Exodus twenty twelve, honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Did you hear that? Children need to hear that. Your health may be dependent upon obeying your mom and dad. You may have a longer life if you obey mom and dad. Your life may be shortened if you don't obey mom and dad. Say, was that guaranteed? No, it's, 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 not, it's not, not, not a guarantee. It's just like, it's just like eating right and exercise. You'll probably live longer. Granted, there are those who don't. There, there's, there, there's anomalies, but most cases, eat right and exercise, you'll live longer. Well, children, obey your parents uh, is the best thing you can do, uh, starting out to make sure that you live as long as God wants you to live upon this earth, okay? And, uh, uh, and, and honoring father and mother. Uh, and by the way, it's father and mother. Proverbs 6.20, My son, keep thy father's commandment, and forsake not the law of thy mother. So both father and mother are giving commands, and who's the child obey? Both of them. Both of them. That, now that brings some responsibility on the parents, which we'll talk about here in a little bit later. Uh, but the child is to obey both of them. Both of them. Uh, and it's the first commandment with promise. Matter of fact, the Bible talks about a dishonorable death for children that don't obey their parents. The eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out and the young eagles shall eat it. That's an ugly picture. Uh, that's an ugly picture. And uh, by the way, these are a reflection of, you know, of the sin of disobedience of what God thinks about that. As far as children not obeying their not obeying their parents, and uh, you know, sin is a sickening thing to God. Uh, it's uh, you know, it, it, you know, he, Jesus said, talked about spewing them out of them, out, out, out of his mouth. Those who were lukewarm, uh, sin is kind of a sickening thing to God. Why? Because it's bad for us, and He loves us, and He loves us. <clears throat> Commanded us to children. Uh, uh, God commanded the father, the husband, to love the wife. God commanded the wife to submit to the husband in the way that we talked about. And listen, here God does what? He doesn't say, now, now, mom and dad, make sure your children obey you. He doesn't do that. He went straight to the husband, God said. Now, you're going to have a relationship with me. You love your wife. He went straight to the wife and says, you want things right with me, you submit to your husband. Now he goes straight to the children. It's direct, the commandment is directly to the children. Children, you want a right relationship with me, you obey your parents. You see that? See that? And uh, what, what does that tell us? Children can obey the Lord. 
children can choose to follow the Lord. And they do that, first and foremost, in their stage in life, by obeying their parents in the Lord. Uh, Proverbs 20, verse 11. Even what? Even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure and whether it be right. Even a child, even a child, uh, pleasing the Lord. Uh, when a child... Uh, uh, obeys the Lord. It's pleasing. This is, this is well pleasing unto the Lord, the end of the verse says. And by the way, what's the whole point of life? To please the Lord. <laughs> to please the Lord uh, is the whole point. We want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, Matthew 25. And uh, uh, obeying, obey, children obeying the Lord. I like the illustration of the uh, of the uh, Rechabites in Jeremiah 35, and it was a family uh, in uh, uh, in uh, Judah that had uh, had uh, their father had commanded them. If you read the chapter, they he commanded them. Uh, their, actually, their I think it was their gra their grandfather, I think, but it was somewhere in their in their in their family line had commanded the family now when we go out over here uh, we're not gonna nobody I don't, don't want anybody to uh to build any houses we're going to be a nomadic people uh don't build any houses don't plant any gardens and uh and and you'll be able to live longer uh, yeah, uh on the land that's what their father commanded him god called the the the, the Rechabites in to jeremiah and said and he told him all that and Jeremiah uh, was to offer them to wine because they were not to drink any wine, any, 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 any uh, uh, you know, just to, and that's dealing with the, like the, the pressed juice from the grape and such. But they weren't to drink any wine either. Jeremiah offered them wine like God told them, and they wouldn't take it. Now our father said, "Don't do this, and and don't build houses, and don't plant gardens," and we've obeyed him. And you know what God said? See that? They're obeying their father. Why aren't you obeying me? You call me, you call me father, but you guys aren't obeying me. Judgment's going to come. These guys are, these families are obeying their father, and he held them up as an example. And he told them in that chapter that because of that, uh, that there would always be someone from that family who would stand before the Lord. In other words, somewhere in that family, there would be God was going to make sure that there were people preserved that He would work through and bless in that family of the Rechabites. Why? Just because the children obeyed the parents. And by the way, nothing in the Word of God said you shouldn't build, said you can't plant gardens. Nothing in the Word of God said you couldn't build houses. Nothing in the Word of God said those kids couldn't drink grape, grape juice or wine. But for whatever reason, their father told them that, their grandfather told them that, and they did it. Was it wrong not to do those things? No, it wasn't. You see, child, see, children have to realize when mom and dad tells you to do something, you need to do it. Now, I'm not saying that a child needs to sin against the Lord. I think uh, that's a whole other issue. Parents ought not to, we're, we're talking to Christians here. We ought not to be telling our children to sin. And, uh, uh, but listen, child, when, when somebody, when your parents give you a command, and it, well, I don't see in the Bible where I have to do that. 
Is it wrong? No. Then do it. Is it wrong? Then do it. You know, and a uh, little different culture there. I understand when they grew up, they continued to do that. We have a little different culture here where you turn, you, you, you turn 18 and, and you begin to make your own decisions and you weigh that out. And by the way, if you know if you if you end up doing something maybe as an occupation that your your parents didn't want you to do that'll work out you know if God led you in that way and uh, you can work those things out uh, but uh, interesting the importance that God just puts on honoring father and mother uh, and, and and obeying uh, in in that way question nine in your book asks what can fathers do to teach children to obey their mothers even when the father is not around. Anybody? Brother Austin? That's right. Val valuing her decisions, uh, giving her honor uh, when he is around. Um, absolutely. Husband and wife, you don't want to disagree ever in front of your children about the spiritual direction for their lives and about the rules of the house for their lives. You don't want to disagree ever in front of your children about that. Husbands and wives need, must never belittle one another. They ought not to ever do it anyway. But especially don't do it in front of your children. Don't let them see that. They must see that, husband, that you always honor your wife. You respect her. She is your, she is your life. You're, you're heirs together of the grace of life. You are companions. Uh, you, you're sharing the joy of life. And by the way, we saw, talked about children obeying parents. That means you need to give those, ch those children a unified message by your life and what you demand from them in the home. And that's why who you marry is so important, amen? Uh, there's a lot of decisions to make about children. What will be discipline? How, what methods of discipline will we use? What schooling? Will, you know, will they go to? Uh, what kind of music they're going to listen to? What kind of clothes they're going to wear? There's a lot of decisions to make about rearing children, and God has commanded to children to obey their parents in all things. So don't be afraid to get get uh, you know to, to realize this, the, the great spectrum of things that need to be covered. But you and your wife need to get get one mind on those things. And you may come together and where, where, you, where, where you move toward each other, you know, uh, where you, maybe your, your stand on something is not with, with your husband or with your wife, it's not quite a, would have been your own, but you work it out. And this thing now seems right with God, even though that you've moved a little bit. And, uh, uh, but yet, presenting a united front to the children. Can't stress the importance of that too much. Can't stress the importance of that too much. And they need to see that uh, and, uh, uh, and recognize that. Never, never put your wife down 
uh, and uh, that goes with wives too, never putting their their husbands down, and and just having that that mutual uh, that mutual respect. <clears throat> and I think we're gonna gonna end there uh, for tonight. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word tonight, and and God, uh, you have instituted the home, and uh, and Father. Uh, it's the first institution uh, in your word that you have instituted. And, and Father, uh, it is so important to get it right at home. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to do that. Uh, Father, uh, help, uh, help, dear God, uh, husbands and wives with children. And in rearing them, Father, give them that grace and wisdom they need to love each other. And, and, and to teach and lead those children. Help those children, I pray, Heavenly Father, to obey uh, their parents and to grow uh, in the grace and knowledge of Thee. And Father, uh, uh, we have folks in, all, in, in different stages of, of life uh, regarding this. And, and Lord, I pray you'd help us as husbands and wives uh, uh, to, to be best friends. Uh, dear God, to rejoice together, to become one, uh, to have a unified uh, life and goals and purposes, dear God, uh, in our in, in our lives, and, and Father, that you may you may be glorified in those things. And, and Father, we see so much. I can't I can't explain the joy uh, that I see when children are reared in the nurture and admonition of the Lord is so different than families that don't know you where unfortunately they're left to fend for themselves many times or they're taught uh, the wrong philosophies of the world, God, and the world, the world just doesn't have the answers, Lord. They just, they just don't have it. The way of man uh, is not in him. It's not in man to direct his steps, your, your word tells us. And so, Father, we go to your word to direct our lives and that we might then be able to direct our children and have whatever part we can have in directing our grandchildren and, and, uh, and just being the, uh, the Christians, the believers uh, that you want us to be in our marriages for your glory uh, and, for, and, and for our good. And Father, we pray and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.